There are certain rules how the world works, and there are ways how we have been doing things all our life. We take a dive into alternate perspective. Hello everyone, welcome to Spill the Tea podcast, where we challenge the conventional by sharing a cup of tea with our guests. It's Keisha, this time taking over our virtual studio here at Spill the Tea. Today, we have a special guest all the way from the down under who challenged the <laughs> paradigm and he became an international speaker, an author of two books, a two-time TEDx speaker, as well as a UN delegate, having represented Australia in the United Nations headquarters in New York itself. We are so glad to have you here, Duku. Why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here, Kisa. And, and I would say, you, you did an amazing job introducing me. And if, <laughs> if, if you want me to introduce myself, I'll just say I'm someone who loves talking and who loves listening to the story of other people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, I mean, so far, I think I don't have any interesting stories to share, but let's see, maybe uh, throughout the podcast, I'll have something to add in. Thanks for the short and sweet introduction, Duku. So in this episode, we will be discussing more about something more powerful, rich dreams. We will talk mm. about the importance of dreaming, believing, and eventually achieving it itself. But we also, we have to be connected to the simple thing in life. Like what my co-host BB shared with you that he was impressed with your, uh, you know, specific and simple goal. But then throughout the journey, you get to achieve specific things as well. So when we were younger, our dream was probably along the lines of becoming a princess or prince and live in a huge castle with amazing facilities. Or maybe you had a dream that you would like to own your restaurant, business, hotel, or even a company one day, right? So as we grow older, defining dreams become clearer, and this is where you start to set your goals. So this is basically where you set a blueprint for your ideal life. Through hearing the success stories of self-made millionaires, or, and we rec recognize like the common factor uh, is always passion. So the very act of pursuing a dream filled with passion, it is a powerful emo emotion, and it transforms the impossible to the possible. And eventually it becomes a domino effect, right? Where it sets in motion all of the dormant success traits that reside in uh, each and every one of us. So I've seen some of Duku's achievements on social media and even read his book titled The Poor Kid with Rich Dreams. And I thought, why not bring him here so we can listen to his stories more? And Duku, why don't you start off maybe about your journey to Australia and settling down there eventually with your family? Most definitely. And I would also like to touch on, you know, um, what, what you mentioned, for example, when we are, when we are young, you know, um, our dreams may be, you know, be, being princesses, you know, like um, <laughs> all of these amazing things. And as we as we grow older, you know, we start we start learning more about ourselves. And and I'm someone one thing I do enjoy doing is I enjoy reading and learning a lot about different things. And I was I was learning about um about an individual called Eric Erickson, and he has a social um. He has um, a psychosocial theory um, about um, the, the development of people. And he says that when you are at the adolescent, um, adolescent stage of life, you go through um, an identity um, crisis called identity versus world confusion, where you're not quite sure what your role in society is, and at mm -hmm. the same time, like who your identity is. And so, you know, you start thinking about it, asking yourself um, those questions, and at the same time, you know, reflecting, and it's like, what am I supposed to do? What do I enjoy doing is like, is like, I see all of these other people doing what they love doing and what, what, what can I do? 
and I'll touch more on that. I'll touch more on that um, when I went through that stage um, mm -hmm. and when I went to Hong Kong and met you and some amazing people as well. But to, to tell everyone um, a bit of my journey, mm -hmm. I was born mm -hmm. in a refugee camp in Uganda and I lived there for 10 years until my wow. family had the opportunity to come to Australia. The thing was being born in a refugee camp. Sometimes people ask me, how did you deal with that? One thing I can, I can say wholeheartedly is that being born in that environment and going there for 10 years, that's all I knew. You know, that's who I was. And as a result, I didn't know that there were other, other places out there. And, and as a result, I became, I became adapted to the environment. That was normal for me. Mm -hmm. And it was not until my family had the opportunity to come to Australia when I ended up getting the opportunity to, you know, like see the world from a different perspective. And I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, we don't have like buildings like this where I come from. Like you, you can see that I have a very good background. It's like I'm like, this is not how the place look like. It's like this light and all of these uh, amazing things and the people look different. And and as a result, what happened was, I I came from a place where 99% of the people look like me, spoke the same language, you know, like ate the same kind of food. To a place where the people didn't look like me. And, and you mentioned earlier, you know, like you said, you had a question about culture shock. And mm -hmm. it's like, I had a big culture shock like to deal with because I was this 10 year old, you know, black kid in a Western society, in an all white school and just learning to fit into all of these different environments. And because I was also going through, you know, like dealing with, dealing with the situation and learning to fit in. And at the same time, since I was missing the family members we left back home, my mind, I wasn't in the right headspace right and there were some kids who would try to bully me they like call me names and do all of those crazy things and along that line i ended up getting into fights into you know like um like i, I was being bullied and then i became a bully and it, mm -hmm. and eventually when i was in grade 10 i ended up getting expelled from my school for fighting whoa <laughs> whoa that's 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 <laughs> that's really a journey from from like transitioning into a new culture and then eventually getting you know being a rebel <laughs> thanks for sharing your your journey there it's amazing to hear your story from adapting to a new country and eventually be part of it as well because i also migrated myself um, mm -hmm. i'm from indonesia and then i've migrated to the uk before and then now i'm in malaysia and when mm -hmm. I, and that was when i was still young and i can't imagine if i went through that alone so being with a family helps a lot with the culture shock and all. So I read your book and it says that you're in a family of 10. So, yes. <laughs> so what, what is that like, um, you know, to go through that journey with your 10 family members? Do you get along well? Yeah, I, 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 would, I would say we do. So um, I, have, um, I have this mentor. He said, he said like, um, if, you have, if you have one to two kids, it's like, um, it's, it's like you can deal with it. If you have three, that's, that's chaotic, but if you have five and more, um, yeah. what happens if you end up raising themselves? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it kind of forces you to be independent, right? Um, and then you, you feel like you have a support system from each of your siblings and your family members. So that must be really nice. And I think you every year you will have like a fun, very fun Christmas and like family <laughs> gatherings. Can't imagine all that uh, for you. So eventually you, uh, you wrote this book, Poor Kid with Rich Dreams, basically about your journey. You set a pretty high standard set of goals and you are always motivated to achieve it. 
I understand mm. that you were also an athlete and highly involved with community work. So maybe that's part of it. Uh, that's part of the, you know, athlete spirit in you as well. Yeah. I also wanted to ask you, do you have any memorable stories or probably a specific moment that made you or triggered you to, you know, to dream big? Well, what I would say is, you know, one thing was that when we came here, because before we came to Australia, I didn't know I was a poor kid. You know, what, what I mean by that, what I mean by that was in, like in the environment, everyone looked like me, you know, it, it was just normal. And, and, you know, I didn't even know I lived in a refugee camp. You know, I just knew that was my home. It's like, this is what we do. It's like, this is life. And we came here and then I started seeing, you know, like how society, you know, like viewed people who are like me in those, in those kind of situations, you know, and, and the images and all of these different things. And, that, that got me thinking is like, wait a minute, my socioeconomic, you know, like um, I come from a disadvantaged socioeconomic background. And as a result, I, I have, you know, I'm a poor kid, you know, and, and, I, and at the same time coming from a refugee camp over here, we didn't have any possessions or house or what or something which, you know, like our name is attached to. And as a result, we had to start from, the le- from level zero. Meaning there were certain things which the parents couldn't buy for us or certain things which we couldn't afford and certain schools that we couldn't go to. And, 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 and one thing I knew was that even, even though I was a poor kid, one thing I had was my dreams. And, and, and I believe the richest thing anyone can have, Kisa, is their dreams. And I told myself, if I'm a poor kid, my dream is what's going to make me rich. And not just, not just make me rich, but it's, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I achieve my dreams. And at the same time, I don't know what like that specific thing was, like I mentioned, like young, young people, they go through, you know, a stage where like they, they battle with their identity and mm. what their role is supposed to be in society. And so I tried different things. So along the line, one thing I did was um, because my, fr- like my, my two best friends, they were like pure athletes. And right. since we chilled together and we did most of the, most of the things together, um, I would go to training with them. And 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 whenever we whenever we go training together, it's like we'll be training harder than some of the kids. And on top of that, because we 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 were all from a refugee background, meaning we just knew how how challenging life could be. And at the same time, like in the refugee camp, like what happens is things are not given to you. You have to go and get things. And as right. I, as and as a, as a result, I grew up in an environment where I had to always be active. You know, I had that drive to make sure that I just, I was always active. I didn't have an excuse not to do something because things were not giving to us easily. And so when we came here, I still had that fire burning in me. And as a result, whenever I tried different things, for example, the athletics, is that I would just go fully in training and doing all of those crazy, amazing things. And that ended up leading to um, the three of us getting a scholarship. Um, wow! Like a couple of days after I got expelled, um, to another school, and on top of that, I, I also tried, I, I tried, you know, like playing football. I'm like maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe my call is, you know, like being a professional football player. But but then from there, I'm like, you know what? My 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 big brothers is like the people around me. They love singing. We love listening to hip hop. Maybe I could become a hip hop artist. <laughs> and then I realized I was born with impediment. So. <laughs> So I'm like, you know, that, 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 may not, that, that may not help me a lot when it comes to being a singer. And then I just continued doing a lot of amazing things. But whatever it was, I just made sure that I put all of my energy into it. Because I believe when you are a hard worker, 
that skill is very transferable. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah, that's that that goes back to our first point, that one that I discussed basically about passion, you know, passion needs to be ignited and then you know you can achieve your dream through this. So there and it's amazing how you have go, you know, from adapting to a new culture and getting a scholarship after you get kicked out. Like like that's an amazing accomplishment. So now let's dive in more on your specialty in big dreams and setting goals in general. In your book and in your TED talk, you have mentioned about setting a spontaneous decision and making it your ultimate achievement, which is to eat a sandwich from which which. So what yes. is that about? And can you share a little bit more why which which? Why why which which? It was, you know, like so which which is um it's a company that makes sandwiches. And yeah. at that time, the only place where you could find a which which um um venue was in the United States of America. <laughs> and and like you mentioned, I live um I live in the land down under in Australia, Bilba. <laughs> and so it's like um what happened was I was like I didn't know what you know I wanted to do, but I'm just I'm just like, you know what? I watched a YouTube video, and I said, I want to eat that sandwich. You know, I'm like it doesn't matter. We like I'm I'm just you know it was some people are like Doku. It's like do you even see the picture of the sandwich? I said, no, I didn't. But you know it's like, um, but I said you know what I want to eat a sandwich from that company. And I ended up writing it down, and what that and what that did was um it just it, it was it was a very spontaneous goal, but I asked myself I'm like I want to see what would happen, mm-hmm. you know what where I would be what I would be doing and the things I'll be you know like um the places I'll be going just like because of this crazy spontaneous goal and if I do everything I can to go towards it as a result I made that spontaneous goal. Um, to go to, I gave myself a year to fly to the US and to eat a sandwich. Mm. And along the line, I said I was going to do three things every single day until I achieved that dream of eating that sandwich. The first thing I said I was going to do was to have sour with cold water every single day until, oh. I, achieved, until I achieved my dream. The second thing I said I was going to do was that I was not going to listen to music, but instead I would listen to audio books and motivational audios every single day until I achieve my dream. And then the third thing I said I was going to do was that I was going to write down reflective words describing my day every single day until I achieved my dream. And, 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 and along that line, I started doing those, those things. And then I started also writing down ideas that came up to me, like things that, that I could do, which, which somehow I could make money out of it and then fly to the US and achieve my dream. And then the first thing I said, um, I was going, um, I, I told myself, I said, why don't I develop an app? Mm-hmm. And it, it, somehow I'm going to make money out of it, fly to the US and achieve my dream. And then I'm like, I can develop an app. And then I said, why don't I, you know, um, because I look good, I do modeling. I said, why don't I become a model? <laughs> and, then, and then unfortunately, I realized that I was too short. <laughs> and, and I continued, I said, I said you know, um, why don't I go into agriculture? And mm-hmm. then I realized I don't have a farm. And I was like, why don't I write a book? I said, no, I can't write my, like the last thing I trust is my writing. And then I'm like, okay, why don't I become a speaker? I said, mm-hmm. I can't become a speaker. I was born with a speech impediment, right. you know? And I said, uh, but I'm like, I still need to do something to fly to the US and achieve my dream of mm-hmm. eating that sandwich. And so I remember back in high school, one thing my teachers always told me was that I talk too much. And one <laughs> teacher was like, and to the point where like one of the teachers told me that he would pay me to start up. And I was like, so I don't know how to make a million dollars. He's like, if I did, I wouldn't be dealing with you now, would I? 
<laughs> and, oh my god and i said well so 1000 times 1000 is a million if you pay me 1000 dollars every time i start out for 1000 times you know it's like i'll become a millionaire, millionaire. <laughs> exactly and then he's like the coach just shut up and get back to work and one thing i love doing is i love cutting i love cutting deals you know it's like i i'm always trying to make a deal with people and so what happened was i, I, I you know i thought about that i'm like my teachers told me i talked a lot and you know like they were telling me a startup um, to start up and doing all of these things but at that time i used to talk about things which were not useful but now i've been reading books learning a lot of things doing like a lot of amazing things having started with cold water things that i can talk about which can help other people but i was still you know like um hesitant and it wasn't until when i got the opportunity to travel to them um, to hong kong mm-hmm. um where I, i had the opportunity to meet you kesa and a lot of other like i think like there were there were there was more than 800 delegates yeah from yeah. from from almost 200 countries Exactly. And, and and just being in that um being in that environment and in the presence of people like yourself and other individuals it gets and and the fact that I told other individuals about my dream and what I wanted to do and seeing other people follow that dream it made me feel comfortable you know it made me feel very comfortable for me to actually start going towards it and not just that but but because um because we had um, a dedicated facebook group Mm-hmm. um I, w- i was able to make you know the first few videos and put it up there and then right. people the people were very supportive you know it's like it's like and and you and you mentioned that's how you also ended up coming across me yeah yeah correct yeah i i came across uh, one of your uh, motiv- first few motivational videos and from there i got to know more about your work and basically your goals and yeah and then i keep watching it and i saw the amazing comments that people supporting you know keep going and that's actually what brings you here today right so so it's amazing the power of uh, you know community that can bring also i wanted to ask you about this specific goal that you set uh you, you mentioned just now you mentioned about taking a daily cold shower is one of it how does mm. this uh impact you because you know i've that's in, it's interesting because we've read about research about cold shower where they say that it inc- increases endorphins right so which mm-hmm. is something that we actually need on a daily basis so yeah how how does this have impact you so far no yeah, most definitely i'll say taking taking the cold shower is when i made the decision it was out of the blue You know, so I, so I didn't look into the research and whatnot. I just like, yeah, let me go take a cold shower without knowing that it has a lot of benefits. It has a, a, a lot of benefits. And one, one thing I would say I got out of um, the cold shower is literally the fact that every time when I have shower with cold water, I feel like I accomplish something. You know, it's like, because if we like, mind you, my, people are like, um, you're used to it. But the thing is, you cannot get used to um, cold, cold water. What I mean by that is every time you go and have shower, You know, it's like when when the water is warm, you can feel the warmth of the water. You know what I mean? It's like it's not it's, your skin does not become numb to the to the warmth of the water. It's like you're like, ah, you know, this is the perfect temperature. You can be having like someone <laughs> like that for you know for 20 years or for 40 years, but that feeling will still be the same. You know, it's like ah, this is the best temperature. So as a result, with the cold water, it's like I'm always jumping up to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I can't imagine. <laughs> especially if like um, during winter or something like that oh god yes yes that, that, that's my nightmare and <laughs> but, but more than anything you know it's like having shower with cold water it got to the point where um it is just it's, it's i i just turned the um the tub the cold water tub like subconsciously because i'm used to it mm. 
and I've been having sour with, with cold water for more than five years. Um, wow. Almost about to be six years, actually. And what I would say is that, is that it just cleared my mind. It's like my skin is, my, it makes my skin look good, you know. Um, <laughs> So this is your secret skincare routine, right, Duku? Now, now we know. <laughs> I, I try keeping that secret, Kisha. <laughs> <laughs> too bad, too bad. You will be like, who? That's the secret I needed. <laughs> yeah, something so simple and actually affordable, right? Who knew? And now, Kisha, the thing is, um, I have like these people from different bar- like from different countries who are having sour with cold water. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people in Australia who are doing it. Even the founder of the sandwich company is having oh. sour with cold water. And on top of that, um, there's people in India who are having sour with cold water. I was talking to another individual from um, from Scotland. And mm-hmm. then there's people in the U.S., like literally just people from different corners of the world. And then I'm, right. I'm just like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but now you can relate. Uh, yeah, I can relate. But I'm, I look at them, I'm like, that's, that's, that's a crazy, you know, thing for you to do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So... And, you know, you mentioned that you setting this goal has allowed you to join some opportunities. Usually it brings out that, you know, we have to be outside of our comfort zones. And through these events, you've met so many prominent figures uh, in your journey, even uh, Eric Thomas and Mm -hmm. the Lord Mayor of Brisbane. So has any of these encounters encouraged you to dream even bigger? Yes, I would say I would say most definitely because, um, you know, when I started doing what I was doing, Kisa, I didn't have... You know, I didn't have, like, the only, the only support I had was the individuals I met in Hong Kong, like, like yourself. And that Facebook group chat, um, that Facebook group, like, um, group, and my siblings, you know, and I didn't have the professional equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And meaning I started, as a result, the first motivational video I made with my little brother was in my bathroom. Whoa. And so you, like, literally, because we didn't have, you can tell that, you know, like, um, like my zoom quality looks like I'm using like some like movie camera or something like and but but you know it's like um what happened was we didn't have professional lighting and we didn't have the professional equipment to actually get things started and mm-hmm. so as a, and but our bathroom had two light switches the first one was for the normal light and then the second one was for the heater light oh and no heater, and the heater light is yes it's it's pretty hot but at the same time because it's so bright it works as lighting so right. we, we, made, we made the first video in the bathroom and just small by small here and there, we continue doing it. And along that opportunity, you know, like along that, um, just that determination of, of us taking the decision to actually make it happen. Like you mentioned, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of people along that line. And it was opportunities which I didn't have from the beginning. And now I know there's a lot of people who have dreams and goals and ideas and ambitions. And, my, and, and the reason why I started doing what I was doing was because I wanted other people to follow that dream. And so now I'm in a better position to even encourage more people to reach more individuals and to have like more support network to support me to actually, you know, like um, continue with my dream because it's still the same dream, which is to inspire as many people as possible. Right. You know what I mean? And it just means that um, that dream means that now I have a better opportunity of reaching out to more people. And as a result, I have more credibility, I have more experience and I have better um, eloquent in the way I communicate. It's like my speech is better. It's like people cannot tell that I have an impediment, but it just meant that I became better. You know, it's like I became better. It's like I got more experience. I, I, it's like people who I look up to, they are looking up to me. 
and it's it's just amazing and it means now i just you know like i'm very humbled and privileged to be able to impact people from different corners of the world kisa yeah yeah that must be an amazing feeling like you're here uh, very far and then maybe you impact someone from the other parts of the world it's amazing and of course mm. we'll look forward you know to see more amazing stuff you do as well you know an article stated that millennials dreams goals attitudes and passions are very clear and almost larger than life but no clue on real life details how it would take them to achieve that and obviously accomplish those uh, dreams so i i want to ask you how do you strike a balance between dreaming big and being realistic i would say that's a very, that's a very good question and and there were times you know like along my life where you know i would be in a space of my own you know with my own dreams and all of those kind of things to the point where i get detached from reality you know what i mean yeah. and i get detached from reality and see how um, the world works and what not and and whenever I, whenever i got detached and then um, something would just um reattach me back into society and then whenever i look at the world from a societal point of view i just see you know like my dreams like as something that is a bit impossible or oh, that energy i had you know to firstly go towards it um it somehow disappears or dissipates but i i found that for myself personally i feel like the best thing anyone can do is do is to get to know who they are to literally spend time with themselves you know it's like forget yes because we've been spending most of our time in society and in reality but what we have not done kisa is we have not taken the time to actually spend time with ourselves and for us to self reflect and you know it's like um for us to do things is like for example for me when what happened was i said what do i want to do and then i said you know what i want to eat this sandwich and and when i made that spontaneous decision what happened was i also ended up taking the time to write down the reflection the reflective word you know and what that meant was that i had to you know like reflect on my day daily and on top of that kisa um i was also reading you know learning like learning a couple of things here and there for example when i mentioned about um eric ericson psychosocial theory of development It's like I started learning things like that. I'm like, okay, I'm at this um, level of life, this stage of life. And when you know, like for example, you mentioned uh, millennials, they have dreams and ambitions, um, mm-hmm. which sometimes you know, you know, it's like they they have they have it over there, but it's like not a lot of people actually take the time to read about those kind of stuff mm-hmm. and actually understand what stage they're going through at a specific point of time in their life and analyze the environment that they are in. and actually reflect on their like on their day daily and i feel like the best way to actually you know like especially when you have a big dream the best way you know like um, to make sure that you don't lose sight of that dream and at the same time lose sight of reality is if you if you don't lose sight of who you really are i think that's what not, what not many people understand you know because now we live in a age where social validation has become an obsession and you know for some people it's a need mm. it, they don't have a time to what like what you said to know about themselves and that's that's really scary to think about because we're supposed to know ourselves better and then that's why we can present our better self and you know achieve our goals so mm. what do you think we can do to reduce the need for social proof to justify everything that we do i would say right now um, our social medias um, <laughs> media platforms know us better than we know we know ourselves that's would so true <laughs> Would you agree with me? Yes. It's like very that, much. That's so. what you wouldn't know what you want but then it'll be right in front of you you'll be like ah I wasn't looking for this but here it is. 
That's why it's scary because like actually now a social media generate our need. It doesn't come from us anymore. So yeah, that, that's what I wanted to ask ask you also like what can we do to reduce this and obviously so uh, maybe reducing so- social media but then it's also a good platform to connect with other people there's a uh, pros and cons there but in your opinion duku because we've been we've always discussed uh, about social media in our podcast and the effects mm-hmm. on us as well for you what do you think of it for myself um i don't see the problem as being social media but right. i see the problem as the social media that we currently have mm, okay that, that's the big problem So what happened was when I started doing all of those, you know, like um, things like the Colsa and whatnot, one thing I also did was um, Kisa, I stopped using social media platforms. I deactivated all of it. And it, it was deactivated for more than 90 days. And what happened was, you know, what, but, but then I went to Hong Kong and I met a lot of amazing people. Right. And the people support me in my dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it meant that, it meant that now I had, a, I had a very good reason I had a very good reason to actually get back on the platform and actually because in a way it was also social media which propelled me to actually follow my dreams it's like connecting with connecting with you guys and the people like you you saw the people you know um, co- commenting and 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 you got to know Sporting. who I was and mm-hmm. and we've been connected for a couple of years now it's all because of social media and and what happened was I was not going to um reactivate it if I didn't have any reason but I'm like I have a dream And now I need this platform to help me with that dream. And now I would say, you know, like the current platforms that we have, Kisa, mm-hmm. um, they are not designed to help people achieve their dreams. The platforms that we have right now, they are, they are designed for shareholders to get the most out of the individuals who are using it and, and for the company to mine as much income out of it. So every quarter they can be, you know, like um, returning, you know, returning a, a profit. And right. as a result, they can get more. It's literally a self-feeding machine. That's literally what it is. And and as a result, you know, like um, as a, because right now, if it's just uh, the platforms is very, they are very disgusting. They are very disgusting. And one thing I would say that helped me was actually de- deactivating my accounts and taking the time for myself. And it meant it meant that I got a, a, I got 90 days in, you know, without any social media platforms. And when I got back on it, I had a reason. And from mm-hmm. that day on, up to now, everything that I've done on social media, Kisa, mm-hmm. it, like it all, it all had something to do with my dream. You okay. know what I mean? So yep. you said um, you said you've been saying some of the things that I've been doing, let's say on the different platforms. And but if you track it all the way back, it had something to do with me inspiring people, or me, you know, like talking about something inspirational, or something like this. For example, we'll do this talk. I'll share it on my social media platforms, and this is you know like this aligns with. The reason why I got back to it, but if I didn't take the time out of it, I w- it's like I wouldn't be actually, you know, I wouldn't be clear with myself mm-hmm. and why I want to get back to it. And so that I think which I also did was um, I ended up developing an app um, called called Rich Dreams. Wow. Yes, and and the main the main purpose of um the platform is is to create a safe platform for individuals to showcase their success journey build oh. connections and at the same time work towards achieving their dreams and the main premise for example one thing that helped me a lot which you which you are stated and which you know was the fact that i had a group of people you know like that the group like group of people including you in it who actually you know like started supporting me from the very first day mm-hmm. which made me feel very comfortable 
And what I did was, you know, I, I started I started making the video in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and I recorded all of those different videos to me going to um the different countries like Thailand, to me going to you know like New York representing Australia, the UN headquarters, to even me going to that language place and finding out that it was closed. And what happened was that I was able to showcase my journey, my success journey. And, and just me showcasing that journey was what inspired most of the people. Right. Because even me telling them about me having sour with cold water, that's me showcasing my journey. You know what I mean? That's part of my journey. I'm telling them I've been having sour with cold water for the last five years. And it's all part of the journey. And, and now I'm like, you know what? The current social media platforms, they're not designed to help people achieve their dream. And as a result, I said, but at the same time, for me, it was still social media, you know, like which helped me to um to start following my dream. But it, it wasn't, you know, like um I didn't use it for the purpose that it was intended to for. I used it for my own purpose, and that's what got me to where I am. But then if there, if there was a specific platform, you know, with the main purpose, you know, like to help people achieve that dream, then I'm pretty sure that you know, like people will use that platform that for the intended purpose. That's why I created um, the platform called Rich Dreams. And, 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 and it has, um, it, it works wonderful. Um, the app, um, it's on app, app Store and Google Play and the website is working. And now I'm just, um, I'm doing some of the paperwork before Whoa. I start. Um, yes, so now I've been working on the paperwork, but it's, yeah, that's, that's one thing I've been working on. Oh, that's that sounds exciting! And thank you for giving us, you know, sneak peek to into your new project as well. Because that's what I wanted to ask you. Actually, it's cool that you mentioned that social media. If you use it responsibly and you have a purpose, it's it actually you know helps you in some way with your growth, development, networking, and all these factors. So you know, setting mm-hmm. a big dream often forces you to be outside of your comfort zone. What do you think is the easiest and effective way to overcome this? Being outside of your comfort zone. That right. that is a that is a very good question. And I would I would say um um the first thing that you need to do to overcome your comfort zone is realize that you have a comfort zone. You need to realize that you have a comfort zone. You need to realize what that comfort zone is and 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 ask and also ask yourself how did you get into it? You know, it's like what what actions do you, you know, like um I, I had a mentor who came up with this um who shared with me a concept called the invisible backpack. He said we are all walking around with an invisible backpack and and every every life experience that we go through, we take that experience and we throw it in our backpack. And it may be right. good, it may be bad and whatnot, but those experiences is like um we work with it, like um we work with it in the back in like in our backpack, and everywhere we go, they save the way how we talk, the way we do things, and even it saves, you know, like our comfort zone. Well, but how often do we take the time to actually sit down and unpack our backpacks, you know, and see what we have in there? You know, like some of mm-hmm. some of them may be some good things, but then there may be some unnecessary loads that it's weighing us down, which is making the backpack heavier and which we may need to, you know, like um, go, go, go through. And so I would say the first thing like um, people need to do is because everyone has different comfort zones, you know, they all have, and because, and, and, and they all have different life experiences to get them to that point of, um, point of life where they have a different comfort zone. And as a result, I'll say the first thing that they need to do is un- unpack their backpacks and realize you know, like what comfort zone do they have and how they got over there? And at the same time, what, what now, what comfort zone do they want to have in going forward in the future? 
because one thing I believe is that people lie, but patterns don't. Like oh. people, people lie, but patterns don't. If someone tells, if someone told, like you know, it's like you, you guys have, uh, we are young, you know, you have friends here and there, and for example, like um, BB may say, BB may say, oh, oh well, you know what? Today I'm going to wake up, at, you know, like um, <laughs> five a.m. and do something. And then you'll be like, and then and then you'll be like, but BP, you never woke up, you know, like before seven. <laughs> yeah. You know so I, mean? I think it comes back to your previous point, which is uh, being self-aware and knowing yeah. what you have or knowing what you're comfortable with. Uh, I think that's really important to come back to that. And you, you know, you mentioned that you avoided music to learn more and listen to more motivational speeches. And so mm-hmm. what obstacles have you faced in your journey and how do you prevent them from dimming your light? That, that's that's a very good question. So, for example, with the music, mm-hmm. you know, it was it, it was it, because I knew a lot of song lyrics. It's like I'm I'm young, I'm hip, I keep up with the trend, and I talk a lot, Benny. You know, like I'm I'm very social, so I know what's going down, and the music that's <laughs> going on. And meaning, I, I was able to quote song lyrics, but I couldn't quote um I couldn't quote famous quotes or books. And so I wanted to change my knowledge of song lyrics into quotes, into amazing like quotes which can help people. For example, saying, you know, like um people like but patterns don't, you know, like they don't they like saying cool things like that. You know what I mean? Okay, you want to drop and the cool cool factor there. hundred <laughs> percent. Like because, um, because mind you I study in the bathroom. And so mm-hmm. and so it's like meaning all of the knowledge, the intellect and all of those things, I had to pick them up along the way. And one thing at that time was I was not a big fan of reading. I was not a big fan of reading. And as a result, I said I was going to do it. But then there are days where I'm like, ah, yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like it. And then, and then I'll be like, mm, sorry, life is but a tragedy. I'm like, oh, that's a fake thing. Oh, I remember something. <laughs> <laughs> Slow but slowly, I, I overcame some of my small habits. And just habits, for example, like um, and, and at the same time, developing new habits, for example, just reading a book, you know, like reading something. And that in itself, it was very helpful. That sounds so cool. I, I mean, you were complaining about reading a book, but now you're author, which is like amazing. <laughs> I know, I know, right? It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, and, and at the same time, like at the same time, because um, what happened was when, when I was coming down with things that I could do, right? Um, what happened was I almost said no to uh, all of it. So I said, why don't I develop an app? I said, I can do that. Why don't I become a model? I'm too short. Why don't I, you know, I'm going to agriculture. I don't have a farm. Why don't, I, why don't I write a book? I said, I can't. Why don't I become a speaker? I said, I have a speech impediment. And so there was excuses in every bag, you know, like in every corner. And like, and I'm pretty sure if there was another thing that came up in my mind, I would say I was able, I was going to find an excuse for it. But then what happened was I decided to become a speaker and I followed that. And, you know, like people, for some reason, they, li- they like hearing me speak. I don't know why, you know, and so I'm doing, I'm doing that. And then there was a time I said I couldn't write a book because I didn't trust my writing. And then I went and then I wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, um, so I think for you, rejecting a goal is 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 not in your dictionary anymore. You, now, now you're just doing everything. Like, and you know, when when someone who is on the way to achieve their dream, of obviously there will be obstacles. You know, like rejection, or even disapproval. Yeah or even basically something blocking. And, you know, in your notes, uh, in your daily notes that you mentioned, number 31, you mentioned something about master rejection. 
So could you shed some light on it? Uh, is that you conquering rejection or is it is that something about overcoming rejection? I would say I would say becoming comfortable with rejection. It's okay. like you, when, when you master something, you become comfortable with it. I think that's a very important trait that all of us must have now, right? Because it doesn't mean only about jobs, but also your journey in life. There will always be rejection. But do you have any tips on being basically a master of rejection, like what you mentioned? I, I would say best tip that I can do is, is depending on what you want to do, Mm-hmm. Go out there and 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 do it over and over and over again and fail as many times as possible. Mm-hmm. And when and when, for example, like um, I'll tell you this amazing story. Okay, I have a business where I supply hotels and restaurants, and actually one of them, the building, I think somewhere there, I'm, I'm a supplier for it. But but what happened was um, there was this big event, which I wanted to become a supplier for. It. They 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 do the biggest event in this state, you know, in Queensland. And I said, if I supply them, I can go to anyone and tell them I supply this event and I can supply anyone. And then Kisa, what happened was I started going to the venue every single day, you know, like to, to, to see if I could meet up with someone, you know, like um, who, who makes decisions so I can become a supplier. But the event had been running for more than 100 years. And on top of that, they had dedicated suppliers and no one knew who I was. But, I, but at the same time, I'm like, I want to become a supplier. And I kept going there. And the receptionist kept turning me away every single day for more than two weeks. Wow. Two weeks. And then what happened was like, I said, you know what? I, okay, now I know why, I know why they're rejecting me. Like I, I took the time to sit down. Okay, they're rejecting me, this and that and that. This are the reasoning. But at the same time, it's not so much the decision maker that's rejecting me, but it's the people, you know, it's like um, it's the gatekeepers because right. I didn't get the opportunity to get to the main person. And so sometimes we think we're being rejected, but we're not being rejected by the decision maker. It's so crazy. So what happened was I said, forget it. I bought a plane <laughs> ticket. It was back in um, 2018. I bought a plane ticket and I, I flew to China. Whoa. Um, I flew to Guangzhou, China. And I, and I started speaking. Um, I started learning how to speak Mandarin as well. Oh, Yes, so I started learning the language and I went over there and I found a suit manufacturer. Wow. And I got them to make one of the best looking suits I've ever seen. And I, and I told them to write my name to go in the middle of the suit. And from, from there, what happened was um, when I was coming back, I got invited to do the TEDx talk in um, the, the sandwich one. So I flew from China to Sydney. But before I got to Sydney, um, I had a layover uh, for about six hours in Malaysia. Oh, so you're here for a while. <laughs> yes, I, I was there for a while, but only, yeah, on, only for about, I think I had um, two, three hours to spend. And, and it's like coming from the airport, going to um, the city and come, coming back. But I went there, I saw the Twin Tower, you know, it's like, I just love the country. It's like, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing place. So from there, I flew, to, um, I flew to Sydney, I did a telex talk, I came back, the suits came. And now Kisa, this is what I did, okay? Mm-hmm. In a pair of the suits, I got a right leg suit and I put it in a mailing box. And then I got a paper and I wrote a letter to the CEO, the decision maker. I said, Whoa. Dear Mr. CEO, I would like the opportunity to do potential business with you and, and your company. The one suit we present, I got one foot in the door. Give me a call on this number. Let's do business together so I can get my second foot in the door. I hope you appreciate my creativity and sense of humor. I posted over. I wrote the person's name, and two days later, the decision maker gave me a call. You know, he gave me a call, and, and he's like, Doko, I, Doko, I, found, um, 
I found that one suit, let's meet up, you know, and he told me, let's meet up on this day and this time, come to the receptionist and just ask for me. Wow. So now I had a yes from, um, I had a yes from the decision maker. And now what happened was when I went back to the receptionist on that day, when we were supposed to meet up, before I said anything, the receptionist just uh, like, she's like, um, she's like, Doko, can you turn around and go away, please? I said, I said, I have a meeting today. She said, that's what you used to keep doing. You used to come here every single day for more than two weeks saying that you have a meeting, but you know, it's like, but you're just knowing us, this is a place of business. You know, it's like, we're busy and everything, but it's like, we told you had stopped coming here. I didn't, I had to fly overseas in China. Otherwise I would have continued coming back. <laughs> she said she thought, she, she thought that I had stopped coming, but now that I'm back, she, knew, she knows that I'm gonna continue coming back again. But she said she, they're sick and tired and they don't want me to continue doing that. So look, I was getting rejected, but I said, today I have a meeting. She said, that's what you used to keep saying. I said, okay, cool. I got my phone now and I gave a call to, um, to the CEO guy. And, and he's like, look, where are you? I'm waiting for you. I said, I'm here, but the receptionist isn't allowing me to see you. Um, he's like, what do you mean? I said, I don't know. Would you like to talk to her? <laughs> and, and, and he's like, yeah. So I gave the phone to the receptionist. And let's just say from that day on, she has, ne- she has never annoyed me again. Well, finally. Yeah, because you've gone so through everyone and straight to the decision maker itself. Yes. And so I met up with him and he's like, so Doko, what, do you, what do you supply? You know, but the thing was, Kisa, I didn't know what I supplied, right? <laughs> and, and so I was like, what do you guys need? Oh, my God. And, and they told me what they needed. They said, Doko, do you supply that? I said, of course I do. That's my specialty. Wow. And, that, and that's how I became a supplier from them. But you, you see, like, so when it comes to rejection, right, I was literally rejected for more, for more, for more than two weeks. And it's kind of like driving a car. You know, when, when you're driving a car and you're trying to, you know, like change lane, you know, you're indicating to go to an, like the other lane and the car on that lane isn't giving you away. Like one of the best things that you can do is drive forward. And, and, and you'll find someone ahead of you, like ahead of that other person who will be willing to give you away. Yeah, and yeah. so it's like, it's, it's always the people, you know, like the gatekeepers, it's like certain people that just reject us and we need to feel, we need to be comfortable, you know, like knowing that we do it, like knowing that sometimes it's nothing personal, you know, or, or sometimes it's just, it's to do with them or sometimes they're not the right people. You know, it, it's not that I was getting rejected, it's, it's that you didn't have the power to make the decision. And as a result, I had to find a way of getting to the decision maker. It's like straight to the point and make my make my point. And you know, like, and and when I send the suit, the suit because it had um the decision maker's name, like the lady did um the receptionist wasn't the one opening it. Well, this this was an interesting story because you know you you were like working hard, but then your the only thing that you found out was actually your method. You just do it differently and then you achieve what you wanted. I think uh, that's what people uh, have to be more aware of, the different methods to achieve what you want. Okay, last question. In your book, Bruce gives you a speech about how you have changed his life. So do you have any experience similar to this uh, for yourself? If so, like who changed your life? That, that's, a, that's a very good question. I would say not to that extent, not, not to that extent, because what happened, um, so um, to give context, um, for people, you know, I went and I spoke at a, at a place where, where I met this kid and he told me I saved his life and he was just crying. He had tears, you know, like coming down his eyes and everything. And what happened was, um, and he told me he saved his life. But Kisa, what I would say, um, if any experience I have in a manner like that was, would, would also be um, 
that exact same that exact same experience with Bruce, because to have someone come up to you and say that you actually saved their life, you know, that's something that you cannot take for granted, you know, and and it just got me like I studied all of these things in a bathroom, and now for someone to actually like for me to work hard and get to the point where someone is saying that I'm uh, changed their life, you know, it's like oh I saved their life, just just hear, hearing that. You know, it's like, I would say for me, that's actually what changed my life. It's like, it, it, literally, it literally changed my life. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm just, I was a kid who started like following his dream in the bathroom, didn't have the equipment. He was bullied, you know, expelled from school. He talked a lot, teacher told um, like him that he would get, like they would pay him to start up. You know, it's like going through all of these experiences. And on top of that, I didn't have anyone who looked like me, who spoke like me, like coming and, you know, like talking to us. When I was younger, I didn't have that opportunity, you know, and I wanted to be the role model, which I didn't have. And that's what I, I wanted to do, you know, and for me, and, and at the same time, I didn't know if I was doing it in the right way or in the wrong way, because I, I was just, you know, like making my own way out of it. And as a result, to actually be in that position for someone to say that I saved his life. Mm -hmm. It's like that, that just, it took me into a different dimension. And, and it made me actually, you know, like, you know, like feel appreciative and grateful for the fact that I decided to, I started doing what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's why when I read, that was like the last page of your book, right? So I think yeah. that's when, when you really found your purpose of life and you, you, be, you become more aware of what you're doing is actually really helpful for people and you feel happy in what you're doing. That's, uh, you know, that's what so many people are missing out. They don't feel like they're useful or they don't feel like they're creating a change in this world so it was really refreshing to read that you know last page of your book thank you so much Duku for sharing more about the dream importance of dreaming big and share us your stories as well I hope this will encourage uh, our listeners out there to achieve more in what they believe in of course uh, before I wrap up it is incredible to see the power of big dreams when it is combined with passion so we have learned a lot uh, from Duku today from his journey to his achievements and to keep inspired. And he also gave us a sneak peek that his next project will be about his app. So looking forward to that. And there is no doubt that the rise of opportunities across the world increase our need to dream big. Thanks again, Duku, for sharing your views on this topic. For our listeners out there, I hope you learned something new and tell us what is your goal. Make sure you follow our Instagram at Spill the Tea Pots. And Duku, would you like to share your social media? Where can our listeners find you? Yeah, most definitely. The listeners, if if you if you listen all the way here, thank you for, um, for, for giving me the time. And at the same time, listening to this um, wonderful conversation I've had with Kisa. And as a result, um, if, if you would like to stay connected with me, you can find me on all of the different social media platforms with my with my name, Duku Fore or on Instagram um, under Duko Inspires. And otherwise you can just Google me and then like you, you should be able to find everything about me that way. Of course, thank you so much. And don't worry, we will tag Duku on our podcast post on Instagram and that way you guys can connect with them. Thank you so much and hope you enjoyed this episode. Goodbye.